Welcome to episode four of the Natural Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya, your host, certified functional medicine practitioner and certified nutrition consultant. Here on episode four, I am going to be interviewing Dr. Eddie Fernandez, who is a PhD in, um, well, theology, and he's actually the pastor of my church. He has gone through an incredible change over the past year, dealing with cancer, changing his lifestyle, changing his food, and changing his exercise. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. So enjoy. Eddie, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your health journey, um, well, over your whole life, really. (laughs) Over my whole life. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Good to be here. well, over the course of my life, that's a very long life. But uh, uh, I would say that um, my health over the course of my life has always been a constant struggle with weight and weight loss. Um, my mom was a very big lady. Uh, my brother, Tony, was a big boy. Um, later, my father became a big man. He wasn't always that way. But it seems to have been a tendency down my um, mother's family line. My sister struggled with weight her whole life and uh, eventually did something about it very radically, I think. She um, became a complete uh, vegan and changed her whole life. But um, as for me, I, I just battled with it my whole life. And it was my whole life has been one of in and out of gyms. I think I've been to every gym in our city. Um, uh, in and out of sport, in and out of um, different things, always trying to keep uh, my weight down, but always fighting a losing battle, I'd say. It was always a constant, constant struggle to, because being a very uh, public figure as well and having a lot of um, social life, constantly being invited to people's homes, parties, um, restaurants, events, you know, so, and that's, a major struggle, uh, especially when one likes um, steak and food and things like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like there is a little bit of a genetic part to um, retaining weight and your battle with weight loss. So um, would you agree that maybe there is a genetic component for you? <clears throat> I definitely agree. And while many probably would discredit that. And I know the arguments on the other side that discredit that and think it's mostly about lifestyle changes and that. I do think that many of us do have a predisposed uh, uh, genetic um, conditioning. And we not only see that with regards to weight. Um, for example, I, I look at um, people like one of my son-in-laws. His family is very, very thin. And uh, he eats um, double, triple what me or my daughter eat. And um, I see it from my daughter. She inherited that from me, one of my daughters. And he eats triple, but he never puts on weight, never. His metabolism is super fast and uh, he just loses weight easily. We also see that, for example, from just the physical makeup, the way our bodies are made and uh, the, the shape of our bodies. Um, sometimes you'll see that going down a family line. So that's why I believe firmly that genetics does play a, good, a big part into it. And um, some people just struggle and other people don't. So. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind, um, can you maybe tell us what has not worked in the past for you? Um, I think what, uh, uh, one of the big things is just demotivation. It's mm-hmm. because you battle so hard, so hard, so hard, and you put in the work and, and you train hard and you work hard and you, you eat, you starve yourself, you deprive yourself of so much. 
And, and while you, then you look around and you see other people um, do less than a third of what you're doing and they're losing extremely fast and you're not losing. And, and after three, four, five months, you just say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so you, you give up and, and then you start again and then you give up and you start again. So it's a, it's a, it's a cycle um, that I think of demotivation of not seeing the results as for the effort you're putting in, you're not seeing the comeback as easily. So I think that's the reason that I gave up many times over the past. Okay. So it's funny that you bring that up. A lot of people always say that the mindset and the motivation piece is very important to when you're trying to change your lifestyle or, or whatever goal you really have. Um, so what made it click this time for you to actually make this significant change in your life? Um, well, this time around, uh, these, these moments of click um, have happened throughout my life. But okay. then, of course, the motivation factor comes in and that w- plays hard. This time, the click happened. I remember the day it happened. And Marta, my wife, she's physically active and very, very in shape. And she's always been, she's been faithfully, she went faith before COVID pandemic. And when they closed all the gyms down, she was a faithfully attending a local gym here in the town for about 10, 12 years faithfully every day, uh, five days a week. And she was always come walk with me, come do this with me, come do that with me. And I was like, nah, nah, you know, I'll watch you. It's fine. And then on January the 10th, 2001, 21, I, I said, okay, let's go walk. And it was just like that click moment. I'm going to do this now. Let's go walk. And I began walking with her first up to my daughter, Tehur's house. And in the beginning I'd struggle and puff and pant and I couldn't catch up with her. wasn't even close to catching up with her. And um, slowly, I began to pick up the pace, began to walk more. And after about a week or two, I was already keeping pace with her. Three weeks later, I was already out walking her completely. And um, then another thing that happened is I found a guy online called Dr. Abel Duzzi of Fit Father Projects. And um, I I subscribed to his program. And I said, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do this program. And I dove into phase one of his program, 30X program and I said I'm going to do this and I went through phase one and then I went into phase two and I was being really steaming ahead and doing all the stuff I got so motivated I I built my own home gym down in my garage I converted my garage into a home gym and and I just I think I'm going to stick to this I'm going to stick to this and and then there was the diet piece the, the nutritional piece which is very very important and I just followed everything he was saying and I said I'm going to do it this time for my grandkids I'm going to do this you know my my grandkids I really want them to hang out with granddad. And of course, I, I, besides the health problems, I had other health, um, um, besides the, the weight loss struggle, I had other health problems, major health problems, which caused mm-hmm. me to demotivate as well. Um, mm-hmm. For example, I've been operated on my knee several times and on one knee, two times replacement and other knee also operated meniscus and uh, ligaments and uh, you name it. And this, this uh, result of motorcycle accidents, which is my big passion in life, motorcycling, <laughs> so that didn't help and then diagnosed with cancer twice over the last two years that didn't help either and then um diagnosed with a thing called chiari one malformation in the head and so all these things just began to show up and i thought okay um i lost uh, my brother uh who was very young when he died and i'll never forget the number that stuck in my head when he died it was 140 kilograms and i thought wow 140 kilograms i'll never get to 140 kilograms and then my mom died and and then um, my dad died and i was like okay 
it's time to do something so that I can still hang around a little bit with my grandkids and play with them. And, and so that, that was a click moment, I think. And so all these things converged together. Okay. And of course, really, target weight, that, that really was scary um, because I actually, my brother, that, that 140 from my brother stuck with me for all my life. It was like 140. How do you get to 140? And suddenly I was at 139.5. Wow. So that's about, um, 140, 140. That's almost like 300 pounds. I haven't a clean pounds. Yeah. It's conversion by 2.2, but yeah, that's about 300 pounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that would be a lot of weight to carry, especially on top of your knees, as you said. So, but that number you said stuck with you and you got to 139 and a half. Yeah. And that's when I decided right there, January 10th, 139 and a half. I can't get that 140. I must drop this. Wow. So you touched on so many points there. I just want to maybe summarize a little bit. So um, you started with walking and that's really, really important because a lot of people think that they have to go full full force into the gym and, you know, start doing crazy workouts and this kind of stuff. So when you first started walking, was that enough for you or did you feel like it, it was nothing significant? Well, um, walking was the, was the initial part of it. And it was very, very huge for me. It was wonderful because just the fact that I wouldn't be able to walk without my knees swelling up huge. So I wouldn't be able to do two kilometers without my knees suddenly just becoming this big mess of, uh, just filling up with liquids and whatever. And I just couldn't move afterwards. So, um, Walking was a very, very huge part. And as I began to walk more and more and more and see, hey, now I'm actually walking like 2Ks, 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks, 20Ks. You know, it was like cool, exciting. I mean, we, I'd, I'd leave the house here yeah, and I'd walk down to the Paradon, do the whole Paradon, walk up. Oh, maybe you want to explain what that, what that word is. In- <laughs> the Paradon, is, is, we call it the boardwalk. It's like yeah. the boardwalk yeah, on, the, on, the, on the side of the river where we yeah. live. Right. It's the, estuary of this river here yeah. and we walk all the way down that and then we'd walk up the hill and of course COVID helped a lot because everybody was confined mm-hmm. and they would allow you out to exercise and so the people out exercising could go out and so we said okay let's do that so we began to walk and and eventually we discovered new routes we discovered incredible new nature scenes in our town that we never knew existed we we trailblazed new paths that we had never been before and then that, that set an appetite for more. So then I discovered that there was going to be a swim challenge in Qashqai Bay uh, in the sea here. And I thought, well, that would be cool. I haven't swam like crazy. It's the, I live near the sea and I just don't swim in the sea. And so I said, I'm going to try that. So I began swimming then regularly to try and compete in the Qashqai swim challenge. And, and seven or eight months later, there I'm in the water in the Qashqai swim challenge. And I came third in my age group. So that was pretty cool. That's very impressive. Yes. And I've been in the water with you. You, you are a a very big man. Like you can, you can get through the water pretty quickly. So you have a very big advantage when it comes to that. And you're a very good swimmer. So I would, I'd have to agree. So um, moving on, I mean, you started walking and then you started swimming. And then you also mentioned you had so much motivation because you found like a group or a person who was, um, maybe your targeted group, they were going after you and going in after men. Um, and you related to this person and you listened to everything he said in the program that he offered you. Um, can you tell me what was relatable about the program he offered? I think the most relatable is 
uh, I'm, I'm 58 now in this month coming in. Uh, you know, when you get to a certain age, you just can't do the things you used to do. It's just, I mean, I can't lift the weight I used to lift. And I mean, I used to lift big weight. I used to do massive uh, weight in gyms. And it was always about the competition and doing more and trying to lift more. And, you know, the men thing, testosterone in the brain. And so <laughs> that was a big thing for me, trying to compete in the gym. And, and, and this program said, that's not what you need to be doing at your age. And so it was age appropriate. And it was also um, physical condition appropriate. And it was also um, physical health conditions. Uh, for example, if you have bad knees. So they tailor-made everything to you. And then they said, this is what works for you. And, and you'd work with this program and it becomes very individualized. And then they have a Facebook group, a Facebook page mm-hmm. where you join and then you've got the motivation of all the other men and you, you're seeing what the other men are doing and you're encouraging one another, you're holding each other accountable. So that was a big factor. And, but I think the most important factor for me in the Fit Fathers was, it was for my age group. Mm-hmm. I wasn't competing against guys or I wasn't working with guys that were like half my age. These are all guys in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, so you you work according to your age group. And that was really, really cool to see guys that, you know, in the States, there's some really big guys. I'm not big compared to some guys in the States. (laughs) No, uh, I mean, I mean, no, you're not big like this anymore. That's for sure. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, but in the States, they're like this big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for for me to see the transformation happening to some of these guys, it was like real motivational. Okay. So then you mentioned, you know, you had so much motivation that you built a home gym and, um, did you stop doing this program and start following something else? Um, and did you start becoming more maybe independent in what you're doing now? Yeah, completely. Uh, um, the program, even today, they said, Hey, you want to re up and everything. And I actually wrote back and said, Hey, not, not yet. No. Um, I'm, I'm, I still do a lot of the, when I really want to get back, if I, if I like put on two, three kilos all of a sudden, then I say, okay, I hit that uh, apex 10, for example, and I'll knock off apex 10 for two weeks and it, boom, the weight just comes down. Okay. Get back to my normal. Um, I'm still not where I want to be. I'm still working towards it. But right now my, my routine is very uh, individualized to me. I've come up with my own thing. So I do, I do walking still, I do um, swimming still um, in the, in the sea um, I, I do my own routines. I do a lot of, um, uh, hit training. Um, I do, um, now I've discovered this guy that's knees over toes. And so I made a box sled and I'm doing knees over toes and in my garage and going, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Miguel, your husband put me onto bicycling. He was always nagging me about bicycling and cycling because I'm a biker sure. and like, you should bicycle. And I was like, bicycle. <laughs> bicycle I'm you know bicycle since I'm a young boy and he was you should do it you should do it and so eventually I said okay and he he sent me this link and he said check out this bicycle and it was an e-bike I thought okay an e-bike will be better because it helps a little bit and so I went out and I got it and so therefore and now I ride I swim I walk I do my individualized training so it's all I mix it match it up as long as I'm active and and moving and burning um, I think that's the most important. I'm not here to become a bodybuilder again. I'm not here to, I'm here just to stay in shape and stay healthy and be able to, to breathe easily and keep seeing the weight coming off. And so very shortly, I'll, I'll be going into another little stint where I'll try to still knock off a few more kilos and get to my target. 
Okay. Well, something really interesting that I wanted to ask you about is um, you mentioned that you actually got diagnosed with cancer over the past few years and, and during COVID. Um, how did that contribute to your transformation? Well, um, when they first uh, told me I had cancer, I had a, uh, my wife, basically, one day I was asking about this, these things, this pigmentation thing. And I said, I'm going to get a dermatologist to check this out. And why is this skin decoloration happening to me here and here? And so I said, I'm going to check this out. And, and she said, hey, while you're there, ask him to check out that, that pimple on your back that you keep telling me to remove and I don't want to touch it. So I said, okay, I'll check him out. So I went to him and I looked at this and he said, you know, your mom had that. He was my mom's dermatologist in South Mm. Africa. Your mom had that. And it's just, it's just a thing that's going to happen to you. Uh, It's with the sun, with age. Don't worry about it. If you want it removed, we can, but it's just leave it. It's not, it's not a, it's not any serious thing. So I said, thanks for that. And then I said, Hey, check out this thing on my back and then tell me what that is. And he, I took off my shirt and he examined and then he put this little microscope thing and uh, this lens thing with light on it and he said Ed I've got news for you this is not a pimple this is not anything of that nature so I'm not going to say what it is yet because it needs to be biopsied and sent away so we need to do a little bit of a surgery and I said okay so we booked it and uh, we booked the surgery and they removed it my wife actually went with me when they did the surgery because she never goes to surgeries you know I've had many 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 surgeries all kinds and she's she's like blood no but she went to this one, and when they cut it out, it, it was small like this, but it was extremely deep, mm. and they sent it away. They removed it. They sent it away, and uh, the result came back and said, look, um, it's cancer. It's malignant melanoma, mm. and we need to now enlarge the area um, and see if we can catch it all or if it's spread and gone elsewhere. So we now need to do in Portuguese, they call it alargamento do perimetro, enlargement of the perimeter. Right, so you have to check so, out everything. Yeah. yeah, so basically I went in and, and they carved out a huge chunk of my back, basically, a really big chunk. And they just took this whole thing away and they sent that away and it came back and it says, no, it's not one cancer, it's two cancers. And it's, uh, we believe that it has ramifications and it's, we're now looking for the genesis or the origin cells of this because there must be somewhere. And so they put me on, um, I went to the cancer hospital in Lisbon, EPR, and uh, they started uh, immu- immunotherapy by putting, injecting a, a drug called nivolumab into my body mm-hmm. to begin treating this through the immunotherapy. But I had a massive toxic reaction to this drug and landed up in hospital for 10 days and almost died. And basically it was just a terrific, horrible thing during COVID too. So I was COVID isolated in a ward and and nobody could see me. My wife didn't see me for 10 days. You couldn't talk to me. There was no phones because everything was cut off. And, and I was sitting there in that hospital. And, um, and eventually I managed to overcome this. The body managed to overcome this thing. And they said, look, we're going to try a new drug on you because this drug hasn't worked for you. Um, the toxicity in it has really damaged many things we didn't expect. But there is a side effect percentage to this drug that we knew and you one of the ones that got hit hard with it. So we'll try another one. And I said, no, I'm not trying anymore. I'm done. I'm not doing any more immunotherapy. I'm going to do something else. And they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So then I figured out the Budwig treatment and I began the Budwig treatment. And, um, and then, of course, you know that last year I had a motorcycle accident in France in the Pyrenees. And then they found another cancer in the liver this time. And so... 
I, be, I continued just bad week treatment, bad week treatment exercise and changing uh, eating habits and uh, eliminating, for example, all soft drinks. I don't drink soft drinks. I eliminated white breads. I eliminated sugar. Mm-hmm. I eliminated a lot of things and changed that. And, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I've been going to the cancer hospital continuously and they keep saying, hey, keep going, Ed. Something you're doing is right because um, the two cancers in your li- the cancer in your liver has actually become benign and that's not even malignant anymore. So that's pretty cool. I don't know what's happening there, but so that would work. Yeah. Wow. And then the, so the, the, I just want to interrupt you though. Um, I, before we go on, could you explain to people what bud, bud wig treatment is? Because I, not many people know what, what that is before you continue. Well, she, 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 she comes from the lady's name. She was a really a, a, a smart doctor and then kicked out of the medical profession for coming up with alternative therapy treatment and um, went through a really rough patch in her life as she was discredited and everything. And till today, many people don't accept um, the Budwig treatment as a form of treatment, but basically it's, it's all to do with nutrition. You can Google Budwig uh, protocol or Budwig treatment. It's to do with nutrition and there's shared an underlying premise that if you ate cork cheese and if you put flax or linseed oil mixed with it um, and did this certain change to your diet and the, the linseed oil would break through the cancer lining, the cells walls, and then the cork would get into the cancer cells and would eat away at the cancer cells. And so she had this whole protocol she came up with. And, and um, a friend of mine in the Algarve put me onto it. He, he had cancer and he came out of it and he said, Ed, try this. Mm. And I said, come on, this is crazy. And I said, okay, I'll try it. I'll try anything. So basically um, I tried it. And I've been on it and I'm on it till today. Just this morning, I had cork cheese with um, linseed oil on a toast and that was my breakfast. So um, something must be working because uh, they don't, I keep going. I've got five years to go at the cancer hospital before they release me. Um, I'm on my third year, I believe. And um, so another two years and they keep monitoring, but they keep doing blood tests. I do a PET scan every three months as they keep looking for this origin originating cells and till today they haven't found it so okay. Okay. sorry for cutting you off i just wanted people no to problem. know what bud week was <laughs> anyway uh you were you were continuing talking about uh, after after the treatment um after doing budwig um where are you right now in your health journey and what is keeping you motivated well, where I'm right now, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a very expensive place in my life because my wife refuses to let me wear any of my clothes. She says, you don't wear those clothes. So she said, you preach, you look like a bag. And she says, take those clothes. So I, I'm, I had a choice, either get a new wardrobe or take in my clothes. So I took it to a seamstress in our building and she's basically taking on all of my clothes and I'm doing it at a rate of two, three pants a week and two, three shirts a week. And she's taking all of my clothes and taking them down. So that's a good thing. It's taking about four fingers out of each um, pair of pants and the oh, shirts. That's a so lot. About four yeah. Taking off. Yeah. Wow. So she's tucking that all in. And I told her, you're going to have to do this again when I lose another 10. So I don't know why we're doing this, but my wife. <laughs> insists. So that's where I am. Um, the motivation is actually to see the shirts that are amended now growing in the closet and the pants that are amended. And um, and also to see, I think one of the motivations is um, just to be able to keep doing a lot of this exercise, which sometimes even my grandkids come over or my, my daughters come over 
and they watch us train. Mom and I train together many times and they watch us and they just watch a little bit and they say that freaks us out because I'm like dripping sweat and just doing this crazy stuff like 45 <laughs> minutes you know, hit training and they're like, you're nuts. And, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that um, from the time you started on January 10th, 2021, um, up until now, that your motivation has increased and that your capacity to do other things, whether it's in the gym or do sports that you've never tried before, has also increased? Of course, absolutely. Um, a year ago, a year ago, um, my favorite activity was to get home and sit on the couch. Okay. Vegetate on the couch. I like sitting I'm, on the couch. <laughs> yeah, but me, it was, you know, being in ministry, I'm on to different events and that. Now, when we come home from events and that, we say, okay, listen, we've got to go walk. Uh, we've got to go swim. We've got to go do something. We can't, we've been vegetating too long now. You know, we've done a day without gym or a day without walking. So now it's not even a day. So every day we have to do something, whatever it is, we have to do something. So we get out there and we do something. We go for a walk or we go for a swim or, or we go riding. So I go riding. She doesn't ride bicycles, but she'll, she'll like walk and then I'll meet her at different places. So, or we go down to the gym together and we just knock out, we turn on the TV. We've got a TV in the garage now in the gym and we'll find, we'll follow some, somebody doesn't have to be uh, fit fathers. We can find, we've done many walk at homes. We do um, to follow different people and we do their program. And it's really cool because it, we mix it up and there's such a diversity of offer online today. It's incredible. You can have something for everyone. So really there's no excuses. I mean, for the people that are going to be listening to this podcast, it sounds to me like you've gotten to the point where there's just no excuse anymore. And we have easy access to so many things that, um, you know, why wouldn't you try? Yeah, I think, I think for me, the big thing, and I come back to it, um, I have seven grandkids. And so um, just to uh, what's, what's my, why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Uh, and my, why is I'm doing this for my grandkids. You know, because um, they, they're always saying, Vovo, let's do this, Vovo, let's do that. And, you know, um, I remember growing up, I was an outdoors person and camping and hiking and doing all of this. I was an adrenaline junkie. I used to dive off bridges and do all the crazy sports rafting and you name it. I used to scuba diving. I was into all of it. And I, I thought, wow, I want my grandkids to experience that. But who are they going to experience that with? So, because their dads are not adrenaline junkies. So I thought they're going to do this with more war. It's pretty cool. So, you know, when they come over, I want them to go camping with me. I want them to ride motorcycles. I bought them a little motorcycle already. And so I want them to do this fun stuff. And so I want to do it with them. And I want to come puffing and panting behind them and can't keep up. Now I can actually keep up with them. So uh, it's, it's incredible how much energy these little children have. And just to keep running with them and doing all this stuff, it's going to be fun. Right. That's a very good point that you made. You know, the question is, what is your why? Um, but I, I would have to say that a lot of people that I've, I've encountered and that I've um, helped is they, they come with a really big why. And it's usually for them, it's some kind of body transformation. You know, I want to lose 10 kilos, but then they don't stick to the, the original why and they run out of motivation. So, um, how did you come to the conclusion that your biggest why was your grandchildren? Yeah, I think, I think when we make a why um, that's 
I've made the why of I want to change my body. I want to lose my weight so many times. When it was about me, it's not as successful, I think. Hmm. I think it's about others and when the impact your life can have on others. Now, the legacy I want to leave my grandchildren, how do I want them to remember Vovo? I don't want them to remember Vovo as the guy who was sitting on the couch there at 140 kilograms. Uh, I want them to remember Grand Bobo as the guy who, who went with them places, took them places and did exciting things with them and, and uh, played with them and ran with them. And, you know, that's, that's what I want. As they're growing up, they'll remember those things. So it goes beyond yourself, I think, that if you, to, to get that motivation. And then to keep that motivation is to know that um, two months from now, I'll be fitter than I am now. Hmm. You know, now, now I can swim um, a K and a half, two Ks, yeah. but I'd like to get to the place of swimming three, four, five Ks. I'd like to get to the place of, of, of not walking. I can't, I can't still run. That's something That's I okay. still can't do. That's okay. I can't run because my knees just get shot really if I try to run. I but think now I'm, just as effective. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this, um, this guy that now I'm following this knees over toes guy is going to, that, that that really works and it restores my knees because if that does, they, soon I'll be running too. So that'll be a plus. <laughs> right. And the, and the whole thing there is a lot of people probably don't know about knees over toes, but when you're doing any kind of a lunge or like you're working on the hinge, you know, you have personal trainers that say, make sure that when you do your squat, excuse me, your squat, when you do your lunge, that your knee isn't going beyond the line of the, of the toes which is completely wrong because what you want to do is be able to strengthen this part. So by going over the, the toe line, you're actually strengthening around your knees. Yeah. So that will it'll be interesting. I'll have to, I have to interview you again in six months and see where yeah. you're at with that. Okay. Well, let, let me tell you what um, I'm only, uh, I thought, how do I get a sled? Because this guy, he uses it and he pulls this heavy sled. And this uh-huh. is a very hefty thing, but you can't get that in Portugal. So <coughs> in the middle of the night, I was, I, was, I was thinking, I had a vision kind of. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know those old um, um, matrimonial trunks that made yes. of wood? Yeah. Okay, so we had like six or seven of those. And I told my, grandchild, I told my children, my daughters, I said, listen, this, your grandmother made this for you. And it's sitting in my garage and I got like seven of them. I'm going to sell them all or you take them all. And they were filled with stuff my mom had made for each grandchild. Okay. Yeah, and for each um, yeah, grandchild. And so I thought, wow, you've got to get rid of this because this is in my home gym. You know? so they, they said, okay, dad, we'll come over. Then they said, dad, just get rid of it. We don't want it. it doesn't, it's old school. It doesn't work with our modern homes, et cetera. So I said, okay, I'm selling them off. So I sold them all off and got rid of them but i kept one because it was right it's really heavy and it's like one of these it's like it's an antique thing it's really cool looking like a trunk right yeah it's a trunk a massive trunk and I, I decided to put stuff in it and keep stuff in the garage and so in the middle of the night i had this vision and i thought okay if i put wheels on the bottom of this thing and i put a rope around the sides and i drill through and i make this and i fill it with weight man that'll be something to pull and so um, one morning I got up, I did all this. I put the wheels on the bottom, swivel wheels, and I put the weight in it. I put, drilled through the box. I made the, uh, you know, these things that you used to pull down the blinds, those yes. cords. I bought it and I put it around. And then I began pulling this thing. And now I'm pulling it with my grandkids come over. They sit on top and they go for rides down the garages. I'm doing this backwards. My, I put my wife on it. I put my daughter on it. Anybody can just sit on it besides all the weight in it. So it really makes a massive difference. And it's, I've got my own sled. There we go. I'm pulling. 
Wow. Yeah. You only usually see those sleds like at a CrossFit gym or something like that. So that's yeah. very innovative of you. Wow. Amazing. No, right. A lot of the stuff I just make myself, you know, I just, I get the idea and then I go out and I just make it and I think, okay, there we go. Creative and you're not spending a ton of money. So that's, yeah. that's the great part. Amazing. Wow. Well, um, I want to maybe wrap it up here and summarize a little bit about what we spoke about. So, um, you have worked very hard in the past year to lose a certain amount of weight. Um, how much have you 30, lost? 30.5. 30, 30. 30.5 kilos. Wow. That's 62 pounds. That's a lot. Wow. That's like, that's like a small little child that you lost. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <Yeah. laughs> that's incredible. Wow. Um, none of my grandkids weigh that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also have changed your diet. You have increased your exercise. That has changed your metabolic rate, your metabolism, um, and everything. And one important thing that you said is that it's not really about you. It's about the people around you and the environment around you. And that was one of the biggest motivating factors to your why, um, because it affects your family and your grandchildren. Now, um, just before we go, could you tell us maybe a little bit more about what your diet looks like today? You mentioned you don't have soda, sugars, or white bread. Um, and is it easy to stay away from those foods or are you flexible with it? Um, okay. One, before, you, before I wrap and say that to you, let me just mention that one of my, I think one of the problems that I haven't lost weight faster as well, because given what I'm doing, I should be losing a lot more, I think. Um, I, I struggle massive with sleep and I think sleep is a huge component in losing mm. weight and I've had a lifelong struggle with sleep. So I, I am a chronic insomniac. So that's terrible. And I just don't know how to beat that. I've tried everything. I, I've been to all the sleep therapies and all the clinics and I've done that. So that if we, if I could get that right, I think that would make a massive difference mm. with regards to the food side of it. Um, the food side of it, uh, the, the, the sodas and that is not a problem for at all for me. I'm, I had to miss the sodas and the Fantas and the Coca-Colas and all of that. I am not, I'm not rigid to the point I'll never have one. So if, if like three months down the line, I can have a Coke. It means nothing to me, um, but I just don't need it as part of my daily diet. Um, one of the things that um, I was, I could never do is get away from the, the, the sugars in the sense, not the, I'm not a sweet tooth. I'm more of a salt person. Uh, mm. But um, one of the things I couldn't have coffee, for example, without a huge pack of sugar in it. Just oh, okay. now it's gone. So wow. I have my black. So um, I, I couldn't um, do without bread. You know, now bread is a very rarity in our home. Even yesterday, I brought some. Um, uh, I went past the padaria, a bakery, coming on the way home, and it smelled so good. And I said, oh, "Let me take." Some um, breads so I, I bought um, uh, 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 cumino bread or whatever they call oh, it. It's just, yeah, it's like it's got something in it. Um, what's it called? It could be cumin. It's 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 a. Uh, I said I want the healthiest bread you have because he was so just making seeds or something. Yeah, it's got tons of seeds and it's okay. really nice. Okay. So he said, yeah, this is really healthy bread. And I said, okay, cool. So we brought that. But otherwise, bread is gone. And we, uh, I actually do miss it. I do miss bread, there, especially that nice uh, pomelin channel. So I won't be inflexible. 
So if I get a craving, like a week or two, I get a craving, I'll, I'll get some. But I will not have it regular, like as part of my daily lifestyle. It's not there. Um, and then I've cut down beer, for example. I was a huge beer drinker. I don't drink beer. Hmm. Beer's gone. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll have red wine if I need. I don't do beer anymore. Um, alcoholic drinks very, very little. Specifies uh, the red wine. Um, and those are things that I, I've perfectly learned to live without. It's like, uh, it doesn't bug me. It's, there's, there's no craving for it or whatever. It's just gone. And so um, we've become much, well, I've become, because Marta's has always been. Um, so I've become much more of an eater like her. She has a lot, a lot of healthy stuff. She's always making healthy stuff. And so I've, I've, I've enjoyed that. So to me, just the pure enjoyment of eating like a, um, a salad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, give me a I break. Crickets. Yeah. And I was like, I don't do salad. I do steak. Now I eat salads and I invent and I make all kinds of cool stuff with salads and soups. You can put steak all. on your salad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's really interesting. You know, you mentioned cutting out certain types of alcohol, reducing on sugar intake, maybe reducing on bread intake, because it seems like it was little things in different areas that actually added up possibly to the extra weight, um, maybe being a little bit more sedentary than usual, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I know that those things, I know that those foods, specifically the sugar mm-hmm. and the uh, soft drinks, for example, mm-hmm. I know that those things had it uh, by eliminating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they've had a, it's had a profound influence on the way I live because mm-hmm. things had an, a negative impact on, uh, impact on me, especially the sodas. So mm-hmm. now by not having it and the sugars, it's, mm-hmm. it's made wonders for me. Um, just an extension to back to the sleep, because I, I didn't think about mentioning that. Um, did your sleep improve at all with the diet change? Or honestly, it, it didn't really? No, sadly, this is, um, uh, again, my mom, I remember her night after night being awake, sitting awake. And it, I think I inherited me and my one daughter. We've inherited it all down the family <laughs> line, my mom. So my, uh, my, uh, it's a chronic family in my whole family, really, on my side of the family, the sleeping. And then, of course, I sleep next to a lady that the minute that she hits the pillow, she's gone and she doesn't remember anything. And so it's kind of aggravating because you sit through the night and then my wife is like out like a lamp. <laughs> and um, I have always had a struggle. So I, I can't really say that uh, the diet and the lifestyle changes affected the sleep. I can't say that at all. Yeah. I think the problem in the mind, in the brain somewhere, there's something that's not working and they haven't diagnosed that. I don't know if medical science will eventually get to people like me and figure out why we don't sleep. But I take heart because our president of the Republic sleeps just as badly as I do. So, Yeah, those politicians. <laughs> Mark Stella tells me if he gets three, four hours a night, he's fine. <laughs> Ah, so that's my kind of man. If I get three hours, I'm really happy. <laughs> oh, wow. We're, we're going to have to chat about your sleep afterwards, though. So <laughs> see, what, see what we can do. Um, yeah, I'll okay. what, when I get, there's only one thing that works for me and uh, gives me a, some remedy. Is, and I've tried everything. I've tried all the drugs on the market, you can imagine. But it's only Zolpidem. That's the only thing Zolpidem I've tried. Zolpidem yeah. Yeah, I mean sometimes we gotta be honest, we gotta go the medical route because not all of these natural supplements or natural interventions are, are gonna the natural them. ones melatonins, everything it just doesn't work. I can take a whole box. <laughs> <laughs> 
that means you metabolize it really quickly and your body just excretes it quickly. <laughs> so that's, that's the problem. Well, um, Eddie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us about your gigantic transformation. Um, and know that we're already like one year into your transformation. So it's, it's taken, you know, time. And uh, people need to have the foresight to see themselves down the road, you know. Um, do you have any last words of advice or last comments that you might want to add to help people get started on this journey? Um, whether it's for, you know, changing body composition or just improving your health overall. Well, I think the most important that I would say to people is, you know, um, we've got to, we've got to persevere because when you struggle with weight, like I do, and like many people do their whole lives, it's really, there's no quick fix to it. There's no way to escape the, the sacrifice, the pain, the work that you've got to put in. There's just no way. There's no substitute for that. And no amount of fad diets and stuff that people promote is not going to work. Hmm. There's some things that work. And what works is you've got to burn more calories than you consume, period. Hmm. You've got to be burning the calories. You've got to be putting in the exercise and making sure that what you're putting into your body, you're getting rid of it just far, as fast or faster. Hmm. So you've got to have that calorie deficit. Others are not going to work. So, hmm. for example, if I'm consuming 2,500 calories a day and I want to lose weight, well, then um, I've got to burn uh, 3000 to get the, to get into a deficit mode and start burning more. Mm -hmm. And so that's an important thing. People have got to do that. And then they've got to stick to that. You've got to stick mm -hmm. to it and, and, and make exercise a friend. Don't make It's not a, people look at exercising. Oh, what a big drag, make it a friend. Look at it as a fun thing. And, you know, we've, we've got to discover amazing places in our city. We would never have found and now just to walk in the pure joy of walking, which I never understood from Marta. You know, she was like, I, gotta, I miss walking by the sea. I said, what do you miss walking? Now, now I can understand, you know, it's pretty cool to be out there. And when I don't go out, I go, yeah, I got to get back in the water. I got to get back, do something. So you, can't, you get to miss it. So the persevere and stick to it until it really becomes a lifestyle. So I've been a year into it now. It's, I'm going into my second year and it's, sort of, it's now becoming a lifestyle and I'm enjoying it a lot. Amazing. Okay. Um, one last question, actually, because you just sparked this in my head. Now, you don't have to be a fantastic cook or cook anything complicated, do you, in order to be able to stick to your goals? No, no, because the, the stuff that the stuff that will keep your weight off is actually very simple to make. Mm. It's not at all you know if you want to if you want to put on the weight then you make complex foods and you know but if you want to take off the weight uh, and if you want to do it well you can if, if, if people don't have time to cook and that you can actually sit and make just a batch of it be at the front end of your week or at the end of your week and then freeze it and put it in the freezer and, and then just quickly take it out and use it and it's stuff that's really easy to make and there's so much fresh produce and vegetables and all of that that one can do you know, sorry about that. Okay. So um, those are things that people can do and uh, make it really, really easy. So the, the losing food, the losing weight food is, is simple. And even if you go to restaurants, you know, the, the choosing, making the right choice. And, you know, it's very easy to look at that wonderful dish and it's, but it's loaded with, with uh, fat and whatever and, and, and say, no, no, I'm going to go for that lean fish or I'm going to go for this plate. And, and and make it exciting and and enjoy food. I think that one of the things now it's starting to enjoy food. It's not just gulping it down and no, begin to taste it, savor it, and and take mm. your time about it. 
Wow, that's really, really important because a lot of us do just wolf down our food really quickly and we don't take the time to enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the bites and break it down before it enters your body. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, being here. This is the fourth episode of my podcast, so I don't know what the what the the reach will be, but I'm sure we'll post this, and people just around us in our community will see the big difference that you've made in your life and how it's impacted others and the family around you. So, thank you I so think much. that's a big one. That's a big yeah. one because uh, you know, in the church, everybody is always oh, look at you, and the you know the comments <laughs> of people look at you. You've changed completely. that's wonderful well thank you so much and um we will be reporting back in a few months to see if you've uh made some progress with the knees over toes and if if you're seeing the fingers (laughs) dropping (laughs) (laughs) cool well thank you so much. all right thanks maya appreciate being on with you Thank you. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode of uh, the Natural Solutions Podcast. Remember, you can always book a free chat with me on healthcoachmaya.com. That's healthcoachmaya.com. And um, you can click on the link on my website, which is book a free chat with Maya, so that we can have an honest conversation and figure out how we can work together and see what we can do to improve your health, your wellness, and your lifestyle.